God, men and women of God, sons and daughters of the Lord who have gathered together. And we thank you, Father, today. Let it be edifying. Let us come into a, a, an understanding and a completion in you today, Father, that we need. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Let's see if I can read this small print in Ephesians 4. <laughs> amen. How many believe that that is important? Today that we, uh, I don't use the message all that often. I got to where I was reading it not long ago, and I, and I need to get back to it. But listen to what it says about verse 11 through 13, and we'll just read that part. He handed out gifts above and below, filled, with, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher, listen to this, to train Christians. In skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all move, moving rhythmically and easy with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without. I like that. Fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. Amen. How many believe that we can move together as a body? We can move together just like your natural body flows together. When all the parts are working in your natural body, it's healthy. It's fit, isn't it? But you let one little part get out of, get out of sync or let it be hurt or let there be an injury. It affects what? The whole body. We know 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that, that, that every, every part of the body, even that which is not seen, even that which is less honorable, God gives honor to those parts. Why? Because without every part doing its part, every work doing its part, you cannot have a fully grown and mature body. And that's where God is bringing us today. He's bringing us into a place that the body is growing up into the head. So that we can become mature, head and body functioning as one, just like Christ did on the earth. And that's why it's important for the Holy Spirit to really make alive who we are in Christ. That what He, not only who we are in Him, but who He is in us. So let's look back a minute at verse, after He gave these gifts. And that word gift there is not, is not like a, a gift of the Spirit like in, in 1 Corinthians 12 or what we call a, a motivation gift in Romans chapter 12. This word gift is doma. D-O-M-A. It literally means a present, a present, like giving someone a present. So when he gave these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers their presents or gifts to the church, but they have a special function, and that function was never, listen to this now, was never for the five-fold, what we call five-fold ministry, which is just man's term. That's not Listed in the Bible like that. That's what we take those five gifts there. How many see that pastor and teachers join together pretty close? One older man taught, taught the fourfold ministry, <laughs> you know. Well, there's five uh, gifts there listed, and they are not for the benefit of themselves. They are not just supposed to be platform gifts that everybody gets excited about. So now we have uh, not only pastors and evangelists and teachers, but, oh, we have apostles and prophets. Let's really get happy about that. They're going to just perform and do all the work for us. I mean, know that, that the day of just glorifying platform ministry is over. 
because the more that we glorify him and the more that we release and speak into the body, then after a while, apostles and prophets with pastors and, and evangelists and teachers are going to be so involved in bringing up the body of Christ and raising up the body of Christ that you don't see them near as much as you see the head, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. The head is not the pastor. The head is not the apostle. The head is Jesus Christ. You say, well, I thought he's the head of the universal body, and that's why he put shepherds and pastors in the local. They're the head of the local church. Well, they're in leadership in the local church. Yes, you can say that. There's order. There's order in the body. Amen. But Jesus Christ is still the head today, and then he gives these gifts, these presents, these leaders to the body of Christ so that they may speak into the body so that something will happen. Look at verse 12. What's he going to do? The old King James says, for the perfecting of the saints. Well, that word means several things. It comes from a Greek word that means to, like here in the New King James, says equip. Another word is train. Somebody say train. Another word for perfecting the saints is prepare. Not only prepare, but repair. Somebody say repair. And then to make complete. So to perfect the saints means to equip, means to train, means to prepare, means to repair. I'll give you an example of that in a minute. And make complete. Now, this same Greek word here for perfect in Ephesians 4.12 is the same word that Jesus used when the disciples were mending the nets. Mending the nets. Remember when they would clean the nets, they would drop, then they'd have to mend the nets sometime. It's the same Greek word there. It's also the same Greek word for when a bone is set into place. So how many of you know, if a bone is out of place, if a bone has been broken, when it's healing, it needs to be set back in place. That's the job of these gift ministries, what's called Doma Gifts. They are to help perfect, equip, set in place every part in the body of Christ so then that the body will function fully and come to that place so that, then look at the second part of verse 12. What, what are they for? For the work of the ministry. You know how we used to teach that? That the Ephesians 4.11 gift ministries were for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, meaning they did the work of ministry. That's not what it said in the original, Brother Herman. It says for the work of their ministry. Whose ministry? The saints. So he said the, the, these five equipping gifts are giving so that the saints may be equipped to do the work of service. Ministry. Ministry just means service. I mean, you know that. Everybody wants to be in ministry. Well, then uh, here's, the, here's, the mop hand, here's the mop for you. Here's how you start, right? Anybody start cleaning the bathrooms? Yeah, so, so if you want to be leader, you want to be great in the kingdom, get ready to be a servant, right? And so he said, Here is, here's what they're for, so that they can bring the saints. And what did the message say? I believe skilled, trained servants. In other words, not just people who are out there uh, living, you know, working a job, going to work, coming home, coming to church on the weekend, starting it back over on Monday. And that's just the, 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 the routine of the life for the rest of their life. No, there is something God probably has you in a position. If you own, if you're a business owner, then that's probably your ministry. Even if you're working somewhere, that's probably where God has placed you to be salt and light in the kingdom. 
Amen? So whatever God is, you say, well, but I want to be full-time. Well, let me tell you, all of us are full-time. It just depends on who's bringing, who's paying for it. <laughs> Amen? There's no, you know, we all think, well, I guess there's, you know, you got, and once again, that's another Another fallacy of the of of fivefold ministry. Oh, are you full? Here's what they used to say: Are you full time fivefold? <laughs> used to be. Are you full time? Meaning, if you were full time, meaning that you you went out and preached, or you had a church, you had a salary, or you went out and preached somewhere, and you made your living that way, you were full time. But hey, full time is what every one of us are called to do. I'll give you a verse in that in a little while too about that. Because God wants us all to be actively involved, whether whether it is a doma gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, or a gift of being a saint, a son, being a servant, being one who knows who you are and laboring in the gospel for the Lord. And then here's what he says will happen. When, when the saints are equipped... For to be skilled ministers or servants of the Lord, you know what that's going to do? That's going to build up, edify the body of Christ. It's not our job. It's not Pastor Les's job to build you up. It's his job to equip you so that you come into the place where you're supposed to be. And then you begin to build up the body of Christ. You began to edify one another. I've got a few different scriptures that will bring all these things out in just a minute. So how many can see how important it is now that we don't just come to church, and here's another one. We come to church many times, many places a day just to be entertained or just to be spectators. How many know the beauty of what now is happening in the body of Christ? Believers are coming together. And they're coming together in a corporate anointing that whoever is leading worship up here, that's good. We need that. We need that, certainly. But what we need to do is we don't just need cheerleaders. I like Brother Steve. He just steps up and lets it flow. He don't spend five minutes trying to ramp everybody up and cheerlead you up. Now, come on now. No, we just step into the flow, right? That's the way it's supposed to be because we're supposed to be ready to worship and praise the Lord when we come together. So when we come together, it's supposed to be a joint celebration of all the members in the body of Christ coming together so that the main thing is, is that he may be glorified. So when he speaks, then he is given direction. He is given understanding. He is giving wisdom so that when we leave, we're able to go out and fulfill the mission that he's given us. Amen. He's given us a mission. He's given the body of Christ a mission. And that mission is to go out and we're, we're, we're supposed to be making disciples. Amen. Not just believers, not just converts, but we're supposed to be making disciples. Disciples are made when we begin to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and we give ourselves to him. And he brings us to that place so that we all can come. Somebody say we all. Yeah. All. You know what that means in the Greek? It means all. It, it means everything. It means everything that you can think. It's all. It's all in, in, inclusive. It's all sufficient. God gives us everything to fulfill and to come to that place that we come from many being scattered maybe to many becoming one. The we becoming an A. What is an A? A we come into a perfect man, a corporate anointed, mature man, or adulthood, adulthood, coming into Christ so that now we can walk and be able to be not only 
uh, led by the Spirit of God, but know how to minister by the Spirit. Now, when, when we come together, the purpose is, is that we need to learn how to, how, how many know we have a, what we call a, there's a counterculture out there today. The world system sets up its culture. And we're involved in it every day, whether we like it or not. You know, just turn on your TV and turn it on the news for a little while, and there it is. And, and th- there's that counter. But how many know that's the culture of men? The man, the counterculture of the kingdom means that now we've been given a place in him so that we don't have to follow all the rudiments of the world and all the systems of the world. We are, God has planted us in the earth so that we can grow and begin to speak the truth in love. How many know that there's a need today to be able to, to speak truth? Now, if you speak truth much to many people, they, they think it's, you know, m- most people can't think it's either correction or rebuke, and they don't know how to handle that. Most of the church doesn't know how to handle that because we're thinking someone is coming against us. But I'm glad today to be able to share and teach and preach the Word of God. And we know that, hey, it's not about condemning. It's not about trying to, to, to change your mind. I like what Brother Les said. I'm, we don't come to convince anyone of anything. The kingdom doesn't need, it doesn't really need convincing. When you present the kingdom and you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has its own convincing power. Amen. It's called unction and anointing. Amen. And that's how God brings the word of God to us. So he brings us to that place. And let's spend just another minute in verse 16. And I'll give you some other scriptures quickly that will help you in this. From whom the whole body fitly joined together by what every joint supplies. Now, what's a joint? Is a joint, a joint is not really a member. A joint brings two parts together, doesn't it? I mean, you have a joint in your fingers there. You have a joint right there, and it connects your finger. Or it connects to the, you know, the ankle bone connected to the, you know, all that stuff, you know. Joints are what bring necessary parts together so that, so that when we come together, every part is going to do its share. And that's what is going to cause growth to the body. Many people are looking today, oh, man, if we just had this, our church would grow. Or, oh, if we just had the, you know, if we just had the right location or we had the right building or we had the right staff or we did, oh, the, no, no, that's not it at all. That may appeal to the, that may appeal to the, to the natural man. That may appeal to, to even a lot of Christians that way because so many are naive. They don't, they don't know the Word of God. But when you're coming into a place of, of, of serving God and knowing God, then it's not, then, then we're edifying, we're encouraging one another. And when we encourage one another, that's going to cause the body to grow. Amen? Now, let's go over to, let me see where I want to go. I've got a few scriptures here before we close this out in 1 Peter 4. We're going to be going to 1 Peter 4. But look at uh, while you're going. In fact, go back to 1 Corinthians 16 for just a minute. I like this passage here. This will show you how brothers work together. This will show you how when the fellowships, when people come together, how they encourage one another. Paul even said this in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15. He said, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have... I like the, the old King James word. Any of you have the King James? Probably not. But it used to say, have, have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That just literally means they've devoted themselves. So he said, he's greeting these brothers and these saints of, 
of Achaia and said they had devoted themselves, listen to this, to the ministry of the saints. So that's why there is a saints ministry. Everybody has a ministry. Come on, can everybody say, I have a ministry? Yeah, you have a ministry. You say, but I'm not preaching it. Wait a minute. That's just very little part of, of, of the whole gifts. That's just a little part of it. Everyone has a ministry. Everyone has a, has a place to serve in the body of Christ. And so when you devote yourself to that, after a while, God makes that what you're doing part of your ministry, your service in the body of Christ. Verse 16, that you also submit to such and everyone who works and labors with us. I'm glad about the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus for what was lacking on your part, they have supplied. See, here's an important part. Sometimes when some are lacking or some are not there or some are missing, then it means God has others who will, who will supply that which is lacking. Isn't that good? So it doesn't mean you have to carry the whole load. Once again, the old concept is that 20% have to carry the 80%. Sometimes it's 10% carrying the 90%. Judy, you see that in anything. You see that on the job. You've always got the, the committed ones who are going to do above and beyond, right? And everybody else is just going to kind of drag along and just do enough to get by. Tracy, you probably you see that people with taxes, right? They come in at the last minute, you know? <laughs> I mean, everybody wants something for nothing nowadays. You know, everybody just wants something so easy. But there's those who want to serve with excellence. They want to serve with diligence. They want to serve with devotion. Those are the ones that God takes and makes it into your, your ministry, your service. Because this is what he said they do in verse 18. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. See, it, it doesn't matter where you're meeting, how, how you meet. When you come together, you are encouraging one another in the Lord. Amen? Go over to Colossians chapter 4. I can't wait to get over in a minute to 1 Thessalonians 5 and then 1 Peter 4 is where I'll be closing in just a few minutes. And you know what that means, don't you? You know what, when a preacher says they're going to close, it means nothing, absolutely nothing. All right? Okay. I just wanted you to know that. Colossians, <laughs> Colossians chapter 4. Paul is writing to the brethren, verse 15. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nephthys and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans. They really needed it, didn't they? <laughs> And that you likewise read the ep epistle from Laodicea. Oh, they even, had an ep they even had a letter sent to read. And then say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord and do what? That you may fulfill it. That you may fulfill it. I wish I remembered what the name Ar Ar Archippus or Archippus meant. It seemed like it had something to do with... Uh, strong like a horse, seem like something like that. But he says, take heed to the ministry that you have received that you may fulfill it. See, God wants every one of you to fulfill that which he puts in your heart to do. In other words, not just a short-term thing, not just something that, oh, well, I'll do this for a little while. and then No, find that place. Sure, you can grow in your ministry. You can develop other gifts. You can develop other, other skills, certainly. But he wants you to, the bottom line is that you fulfill that. Or what does that mean? You complete it. 
He wants to make you complete in what you do. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to spend just a little bit of time in here because it's got, got so much good stuff to it. 1 Thessalonians 5. This is how the body should operate right here. You're going to see him say things that, that this is part of the saints' ministry. This is part of what everybody should be doing, starting with verse 11, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. So how many know we should be doing that? When someone is hurting, when someone's going through that, I've seen that even here. I've seen that at the end of a Sunday morning, so I've seen people comforting one another and, and encouraging one another. And we urge you, brethren, verse 12, Know those, or literally recognize those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. You see those three different types of people? There are those that labor among you and that are over you and then kind of those that you give support to or you give ministry to. Everybody has a threefold work. You have somebody that's speaking into your life. You have someone that's among you sharing together. And then you have those that you are encouraging, those that you're uh, helping to admonish and bring up not just the five what we call the fivefold ministry everyone should have those kind of relationships in your life verse and then verse 13 says and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake be at peace among yourselves now we exhort you brethren now let, let's just read down a few verses warn those that are unruly comfort the faint-hearted uphold the weak and be patient with all Amen. We should be patient with all men. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. See, how, how, how different is this in the world system, isn't it? But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. How I many you know every one of us can do these things? Every one of us should be walking in these things. Rejoicing, praying, supporting, giving, giving thanks. Not, you know, being open to the Spirit. Being able to let the Holy Spirit, not just in a service. How I many know God wants to use your gifts not just in here but out there? Especially out there. And then here's what He does in verse 23 when we... When we are making ourselves available to him. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. There's that. He'll make complete. See, when you're getting equipped, it means he's going to make you complete. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he who calls you is faithful who also will do it. How many have found this to be true for sure? God is faithful. In, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our failures, how many know God is faithful? He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to give up on you. He's never going to leave you out there. He's faithful to make sure that you are going to come back around. No matter how far you think you may run, you can't outrun God. <laughs> You just can't outrun him because he, he's, a, he's much faster than we are, and he's got a lot longer reach, amen? He, he, he's got that long reach, got that long staff that he can bring you back in. But the whole key is, is not just to, to get you to the point that, oh, well, I, I feel saved now. I feel like if I died, I'd go to heaven. No, it's more than that. It's to have a, 
is to have your whole spirit, soul, and body built up in a place in Him that no matter then what you face, what you go through here, what you're learning, what you're, it, what you're, uh, what you're coming into, even in everyday life and in every, every experience that we have, is to bring us to that place that, man, my spirit, soul, and body is not divided. My heart's not divided. How many know that's what causes problems when you, when you have a divided heart? When your mind and your heart, you know, you're thinking, well, I wonder should I, you know, no, let's get completely healed and whole in Christ. Let him put together the fractures of your emotions. Let, it, let him put together the things that have caused torment. Fear causes torment, but love, perfect, not just love, but we sung about it today, didn't we say, perfect love cast out fear. How can I have fear when I know that he loves me? How can I have fear when I'm walking in the love of God? Because that means that, that when I'm walking in the love of God, that means there's a, there's a pureness there. There's a wholeness. There's a completeness in his love that drives out fear. Perfected love. When our love gets perfected, meaning that when our love develops to that place that we're no longer offended by everything. We're no longer, we no longer think someone's always trying to take me down. Someone's always, always talking about me. Wonder who's talking about me today. Wonder why so-and-so didn't talk to me at church today. (laughs) You know, and we make a case, we make a federal case. Out of who didn't speak to me at church. And Brother Mike, you never experienced any of those type of things with people. To, so, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing what, we, what, our, what we, our minds will drift off to if we don't have that wholeness in Him, that completeness in Him that brings us to a place that, that we can literally walk in that love and peace of God. Now, let's see if this is the last. Somebody pray and say, I pray it's the last scripture that's got First uh, Peter chapter four. Yes, this is second closing. First Peter. <laughs> but this this will sum it up good though. This will this will bring it into. I pray completion for you, because the Lord kind of laid these scriptures out like this the last couple of days. Uh, let's start with verse seven. First Peter four seven down through verse eleven. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Here he goes again. And above all things, have what? Fervent love. Hey, not just love, not just perfect. What about fervent love? Hey, that's the kind of love that's on fire, isn't it? Fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Someone is sinning. Someone is saying, oh, we think, boy, we really need to get them. Look what they're doing. No, just keep loving them. Amen. And then he says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Oh, my. Let's don't even stop there. Now, look at verse 10. 10 and 11 are key to every one of us today. Because you're going to see that you have received this as well. As each one. Somebody say, each one. That includes me. Come on, say it. That includes me. As each one has received a gift. The literal says the gift. Minister it. I'm going to read it out of this translation and quote, quote another one and then maybe read it out of the message if I can get it. As each one has received the gift, minister it, or, or here's what one translation says, employ it in serving one another. I like that one. I think that's the New American Standard. Employ it in serving one another. How? As good stewards of the manifold. That means multifaceted, multicolored. 
many, much, oh, just much alive grace of God. Let's read it again. As each one has received the gift. Now, have you received that gift? You know, I'm not just talking about, yeah, I pray you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Certainly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But he's talking a little further than that. Then you have a gift. You have things that are in you from the Holy Spirit. Certainly, it all comes from the Holy Spirit that he's working in you so that you may have the gift of, of like some of those Romans 12. You know, it may have a gift of, of leadership or mercy or giving or, you know, encouraging. And all, all, there's all kinds of gifts. There's all kinds of things that God has for us. I think we read part of them in some of those other texts. But he said, employ them. That's like, that's like making yourself full time. Go to work with this. Employ yourself. Employ, employ them in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Remember that we're just stewards when it boils down to it. We're not the owners of the church. We're not the owners of the house. We are stewards, meaning that we have been granted a management of or we've been given a, a administration to do and handle the affairs of the king. And that's why we must be stewards. And then he sums it up by verse 11. If anyone speaks... Let him speak as the oracles of God. What does that mean? As the utterance of God, as a mouthpiece of God. So if we're going to speak today, if anyone's going to speak, let's speak as, as if it's God speaking to us. And then he says, if anyone ministers, what's that word? Serve. Let him do it with the ability which God supplies. Why? That in all things God may be glorified. Wow. In all things God may be glorified. Let me see if I've got it here in Colossians. Excuse me, in First Peter in the Message Bible. Yes, I believe I have it here. Listen to this. Back to verse 7 in the Message. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Isn't that good? Love makes up for practically anything. <laughs> Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things that God gave you. These are all these gifts. Passing them around so all can get on in it, or get in on it, sorry, get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Amen. I mean, hey, he's just going to keep doing it. He's just going to keep on causing us to, to serve and to speak and to minister and to help and to encourage and to edify and to build up all the way to the end. We're supposed to be occupying till he comes. We're supposed to be doing his business, doing his bidding. You say, well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. Well, don't be like the, don't be like the early disciples there on the day of Pentecost. They were just looking up in the sky. What's going to happen? Where's he going? Or when's he going to? He said, no, no, don't concern yourself with that. Just get busy doing what I've asked you to do. And when I come, you'll be found ready. Amen. That's the whole point. 
The point is, is to make your calling and election sure. Find your place in the body of Christ. Be a part where that, and, and then if you're a joint, if you're one of those who connects people, how many feel like you're connectors? Anybody feel like you're, you have that ability to connect people? I know some of you, yes, I know, I know you do, Brother Mike, I know that. And I believe there's others in here too. When we connect people, I love doing that. I love just seeing God. You meet somebody, then you meet somebody else. And Sam, you know how that feels. You know, you, you get a connection somewhere. That's great. That's what a joint does. It connects other parts of the body. And that's why that, that no matter how you function in the body of Christ, no matter how insignificant you may feel it is, it's, it's important because when you fulfill that role, when you fulfill, you may just be smiling every day. You just may be giving encouragement every day at work. You may be uh, helping friends out every, you know, it's something that's not seen by everybody else. But God sees it. Amen. All right, let's pray right now. Let's thank God for his word today. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this house of, of beloved people your sons and daughters, your people today, Father, I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord, that your word today has had free course, meaning that it's had the ability to penetrate our hearts and to get into our very minds and spirits. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you'll release now, you'll release the Holy Spirit in every believer today, in every person today, that as they receive this word, Father, you'll, you'll quicken it, you'll activate it, you'll make it alive just simply by their receiving, or I like what you say, Les, that just simply believe it. How many will be, just simply say, I believe it today? I believe the word today. Then it's activated in you. There's no hocus pocus. There's no magic. There's nothing we can try to say, oh, God, come and help this. No, I mean, it's done because we've come in agreement with the word. We've come in agreement with the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you're activated today to do your part in Christ Jesus. And so I say, let your kingdom come. Kingdom come right now in every one today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jim a big, big warm applause. Thank you, Jim.